Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. On the great adventure that is faith, there are going to be a lot of opportunities where you can take one road or uh, the other, right? One day, uh, quite a while ago, I was walking through Concord Mills Mall and there was a guy sitting in a chair who was working there who was kind of shaking and I realized as I got closer to him that he was he was actually having a seizure and he was starting to fall over. And, and my choice right in that moment was, do I catch him or do I walk on by? And I did what all of you would have done. I, I caught him, right? And there are certain situations where we have to decide, where something's happening and we have to decide, is this my responsibility? Like, like if you're at a grocery store and an older lady spills her groceries in the parking lot, is that your responsibility or not? You're probably gonna help her, right? If there's a car wreck you come up on with no police yet and somebody's hurt, what do you do? Well, likely you're going to do what I would do, which would be to stop. Um, but we live in a world where we increasingly don't see those people as, as real people. We don't see people around us as real people. We see them as like ideas that we disagree with or intrusions into our own personal space. We see them like we do on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook where we, we yell at somebody instead of looking them in the eye and we treat people differently like that. And th- that even bleeds into attitudes when it comes to, to the church. It's, it's kind of like, hey, who's, who's invited? Who's on the list and who's not invited when it comes to, to church? You know that the big question in Jesus' day was actually who's invited in and who's left off the list? Like who's invited into God's family and then who's not worthy of that? There were people around Jesus who were very, very concerned with that list. And so they were always asking Jesus questions. He was constantly tested. There was, and and there will always be people with you uh, on the great adventure of faith, like in your life, and, and here's how this happened that you have to deal with. And here's how this happened with Jesus in Luke chapter 10. It says that on, on one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So a, a lawyer was there talking to Jesus, draw your own conclusions about that, to test him. And, and, you know, not really the best motives there, but what we know is that this lawyer was a Jewish man who believed salvation was based on human action and, and merit, and, and, and Jews were the, the right with God because of their lineage. They were called the seed of Abraham and, and, and also his obedience to the Mosaic law. He had all these reasons to be in the right standing with God. And so Jesus says, well, what's written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? How do, you, how do you read it? What a great question Jesus asks him. We can assume some things out of this man, this lawyer, this Jewish lawyer. He had grown up in synagogue school with other kids, and he'd had some advanced training too, so he knew the scriptures backwards and forwards. And Jesus, Jesus isn't asking, hey, what does the culture say about this? What does history say? He's saying, what do you think? He's, well, he's not even saying, what do you think? He's saying, how do you see the scriptures? Not as a lawyer, but as a believer. How do you see them? For all of us, for you, for me, we owe it to ourselves to know what we believe. You owe it to yourself to know what you 
believe. Beyond just, hey, I believe because it just feels good, or the church I grew up in believed that, so that's why I believe what I believe, or my family has always done this, or my denomination says we should do this. No, what do the scriptures say was Jesus' question. And so the man answered. He, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. So this man would have been wearing something probably uh, real odd, but it's called a phylactery and it's a little wooden box attached to his forehead and his forearm. And it, and it contained four verses uh, of which this verse in Deuteronomy 6 was one. It said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and, and when you walk along the road, when you, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols, this is why he had this, on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. He would have had it on his forehead in a little box. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So he had all of the outward symbols, but he had missed the heart. Now, we fall into the same trap. You can go to church, you can even go to a church and carry your Bible and you can know the right language to say in church, the, the Christianese, you know, church lingo. You can follow the right people on Twitter and Instagram. You listen to the right kind of music and you can still be callous and cold to the Holy Spirit inside your heart. Loving yourself the, the, the passage speaks about. Now, th that stems from what you believe about your, yourself. Are you a cosmic accident with no thoughtful design whatsoever? Well, if you believe that, that determines how you feel about yourself. Christians believe that you've been created by a loving God. He has a purpose for you. He loves you deeply. And love for yourself is actually a reflection of the love of God for you. If you don't extend your self-love, you're denying God's love for you. So, so Jesus responds to the man, you have answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this, do this, and you will live. Not just think about it, but do it. But the man wanted to justify himself, and so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? He's like, hey, you're right. Jesus says, you're right. All the laws boil down to two commandments, but the man asks, who is my neighbor? Like, like, who is my neighbor? And that was the big question. The rabbis debated that question. And, and honestly, we debate that question too. And what we say is this, Jesus, where can I draw the line? Like, how much do I have to do? Where's the line? Who's out and who's in? Who gets invited and who can I leave off the list and not really feel bad about it? And so Jesus knew that was going on in his mind. And so Jesus replies, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. He replies with a story. The robbers stripped him of his clothes, but they beat him and they went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. 
Jesus tells this story. Now, the people would have immediately recognized this pathway. It was known as the Bloody Way, this road, by the historian Jerome. It was a 17-mile journey. It dropped 3,000 feet. There were lots of crime going on. And so a priest and a Levite, the respected people, just came by. And they were standing there while this this, uh, story was being told. And they were thinking, there are thieves on this road. There's defilement that will happen. I have to get involved. And there's, there's constraints there. And then Jesus turns a corner in this story. He says, but a Samaritan came by. And, and when he brought up Samaritan, that shocked the Jews. Samaritans were, that were like half Jew, half pagan. They, they even had a rival temple on Mount Gerizim. They had a rival text. It was called the Samaritan Pentateuch. The Jews hated the Samaritans for those things and many other things. They avoided their neighborhoods. If there was a route to take that went through their neighborhood, they would rather go around But a Samaritan came along when this man was beaten. And as he traveled, he came where the man was, the scripture says. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey. He brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and he gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Uh, Two denarii that he gave him would pay for about like 14 days worth of help for this beaten man. And then Jesus says this, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. You see that? Like the lawyer couldn't even say the word Samaritan. He said the one who came. Imagine uh, in your life, someone who looks different than you, hurt and beaten up and you walk by and are you just going to say, hey, I wish you well, good luck and walk on by? No, you're going to help. When Christians, by the way, are silent about our struggling brothers and sisters, that's how they feel. And that's exactly the point Jesus is making. On this great adventure of our faith, we're responsible for what we see. We're responsible for what we see. And you may not be able to change the world, but you can change one person's world. And he's introducing a new paradigm here. It's not Jew or Gentile anymore. It's believer or unbeliever. The Old Testament is full of this this sort of national and, and racial and geographic promises. But Jesus is saying, I'm bringing a new covenant, which brings a new Jerusalem. Jerusalem, not any longer a city in Palestine. No, it's not about Israel. It's about Jesus now, that he's the new Jerusalem, that we together are the new Jerusalem with Jesus. You may not be able to change the world, but you can change one person's world. So so let me ask you some questions here today. Who have you been passing by on your own road to Jericho? Who have you been passing by? Let me ask you this. Do you need to submit your opinion of people to God's opinion of people? And then the third question is this. What can you do for someone else today who can do nothing for you? What can you do for someone else today who can do absolutely nothing for you? This faith 
is an adventure, and that adventure is always going to include other people, isn't it? It's going to include people that we like and get along with and are easy to be with, but it's also going to include people who are struggling. It's going to include people who feel, let's be honest, inconvenient. It's going to include people who are there on the side of the road who may look different and sound different than you. And your invitation and my invitation is to step in, to lean in, to help those who are struggling because you may not be able to change the whole world, but you can change someone's world. And in doing that, you just might change your own. Let's pray. God, would you help us in this today? Would you help us see uh, the, the needs around us and and know when we need to step in? And would you help us to not be shy? Would you help us to be bold and brave and courageous when it comes to the people around us who may look different, who may sound different, who also may desperately need our help? I believe that not only you want to change the lives of people around us, but God, you want to change our life and make us more like you. Would you help us to face the inconveniences and the struggles and walk into them so that we can serve people and you better. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.